0: Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B. and T.C. on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Hey everybody,
1: welcome in. It's our second hour uh, coming up a little later on the program. Uh, Wolfgang will be here with Trent and then right after that at about 2.40, uh, some Preakness talk with Brian Blessing. That's all on the way on the Big Talker 1700 Right
2: now we're going to talk baseball. Scott Gilman yeah. from
1: Major League Daily Dis- Dish is here with us
2: as we go inside some baseball today. The Cubs getting ready for an afternoon game against the Brewers, though might be delayed a little bit because of the rain. Uh, it's supposed to be a 121st pitch. Mm-hmm. We'll keep an eye on that one and keep you up to date. But, uh, Scott, everything's solved now. You sweep the Reds. Everything is right in Cubbyville, right?
3: Oh, it has to be, but I mean, the the thing is, I'd be terrified if you know I was a Cubs fan right now, not because of the way the Cubs have performed, and not because of the way that division is shaping up, but because you're playing, and it shocks me to even be saying this on May 19th. Probably one of the what's emerged is one of the best Brewers teams in baseball, and you know they're sitting at the top of the Central. The Cubs are only a couple of games back, and you know you're not going to be talking about the standings almost at the end of May here, but the Brewers are, are looking at a situation where. They're leading that division. That talented core continues to come together, and and to be honest with you, I would be afraid to even consider playing the Brewers right now, let alone be in that division. So I'm very excited to see how this series kind of shapes up and to see what the Brewers could do if they could maintain the success because that young core is frightening right now, to be honest with you guys.
1: Well, we know what the Cubs have and how many of those guys are back from the world championship team. But what about Milwaukee? Why has Milwaukee all of a sudden turned the corner in your
3: eyes? Well, it's, it's just it's the depth of the pitching staff. I mean, you look up and down that starting rotation, and, and you're going to have guys who, again, these are guys that you didn't think were going to emerge. You know, the way that they did. You have a legitimate guy in Chase Anderson who was having you know a solid year for his standards. It's a three four three ERA, I believe, right now. Um, And he's only made eight starts this season, but he's a guy that's throwing strikes. And you look at the back end of that rotation, I mean, it's surprising to say that Matt Garza is a guy that's in the back end of that rotation. The guy has an ERA in the mid-twos. And when you look at the starting rotation, I don't care what anyone says, National League, American League, DH, no DH. Everything starts with the pitching, and I think Cubs fans know that and appreciate that, and that's one of the reasons that, that they've been successful despite the young core that the Cubs have put together. But you also just have a lineup that has continued to produce teams at first base, has been a nice addition for them. And this, this core just suddenly appeared out of nowhere and really just kind of developed you know quickly and, and quicker than even I thought it was going to Orlando Arcia, is a guy at shortstop that 's not having the great offensive year, but even he 's shown signs of of turning things around a little bit so at the end of the, the end of the day this Brewers team is deep, they have the depth um, but i'm interested to see as they go into this series and even moving on you know into play within that nL central they can can maintain the success just because of how deep this bullpen this rotation are
2: it's interesting to keep an eye on back end of the bullpen I saw canoeble uh, finish off another one. They change roles back there. Uh, what's the likelihood that he's going to stay on? He's been incredible this year as the back-end closer for the Brewers.
3: Yeah, no, and, and he's been lights out, and you obviously come into the season with a guy like Neftali Feliz, who you expect with some of the closing experience that he has, you know, at, at his age 29 or 30, I think he's turning. He's a guy that you would expect to come in and be able to pound the zone uh, he's been out, unable to do that. Obviously, has that inflated ERA, just a couple of saves this season. And so I would continue to expect, I mean, this is the situation where if you're the Brewers right now, you haven't been in this situation at the top of the you know division one or two games. You have different teams. Even the Reds are only a few games down. And, you, again, you're not going to look at the standings here on May 19th. But this is a situation where you just want to continue to feed the hot hand. And right now, if Feliz is not going to go out and throw strikes, if he's going to continue – to walk guys and not have the success that he's used to having, then at the end of the day, I think you you stick with the hot hand and and that bullpen, just the way it sets up in terms of, um, different guys coming in who could pitch multiple innings. It's a versatile situation. Feliz can now be that guy to a point where you have him pitch in the sixth and the seventh and the eighth to a point where you can ultimately turn to different guys at the end of the year. You know, when you need a couple of different save situations, you don't want to have a guy throw, you know, a couple of saves in consecutive days. So, uh, the bullpen's deep. I think it's one of the underrated bullpens in, in the National League, but I think you stay with the hot hand. Feliz right now is struggling a little bit.
1: Um, can you go on record yet? to say that when we get to August, Milwaukee, St. Louis, Chicago will be the three teams that will be fighting for that top spot?
3: Oh, there's no... I mean, I think you need a few more weeks. I'm very intrigued by this Milwaukee core, but I still need to see the pitching staff continue to develop and the, the young core continue to produce runs consistently. St. Louis is a team that even though everyone is freaking out early in the year, I mean the St. Louis Cardinals, as I'm sure, you know, your listeners and Cubs fans know, it's they're a team that will constantly come around. So mm-hmm. when they didn't have the best of starts to the season, I mean they're they a game back, yes, but they're constantly going to be there fighting for a wild card spot, if not the division. And even though the way things have shaped up, you know, them with a couple of different guys out and things like that, the Cardinals are always going to be there, but you know, I'm not in the position, I'll, I'll happily say, that the Cubs and Cardinals will be there come August. And if the the Brewers are even remotely two, three, four games out of first place in the Central come August, uh, I think you have to look at just that whole staff and kind of say this could be something sustainable as the Brewers sort of turn the corner that maybe no one saw them turn this year.
2: Yeah, and a lot of depth in that organization. They've rebuilt the farm system incredibly well. Looks like a bright future Uh, going forward there hey back to the Cubs for a moment Jason Hayward going to be working his way back it looks like on Saturday so tomorrow he'll be back with the big league squad there'll be some moving parts that come out of that Ian Happ he's hit well since he's come up how do you uh, figure out what you're doing with all these different guys out there if you're uh, Madden?
3: yeah I mean it's obviously going to be tough and, and you mentioned Ian Happ's a guy who has seemingly just done whatever the Cubs have asked him to do. What's really noted, notable, in my opinion, about Happ, is he's a guy that has shown a notable amount of patience at the play. So the guy's only 22 years old, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, going into play this afternoon, he has the same, I think it's the same number of walks as he has strikeouts. And for a young guy to be able to come and be able to do that so quickly, you know, just shows the depth that this Cubs organization has. Now, he's the guy that, you know, in my opinion, and probably in the Cubs front office opinion, he's a guy that you probably want playing every day, and so he might be, you know, a guy that ultimately doesn't necessarily have a spot on this team right now. But I think he's also a guy that's made enough of an an impression, you know, over these five games to a point where you're going to give him playing time, whether, you know, should another unfortunate injury occur, should you need some depth at the end of the year, it's a long season. He's a guy that's young, that's with options, options, that has a little bit of power, and I think he's shown that here over the five games that he's appeared in. When you look at the outfield depth, I'm always one of the people that says, and there are always people that disagree with me on this, but I'm always under the impression that outfield depth is very valuable and that most teams should carry absolutely one, probably two outfield guys on their bench, just to be able to have them, and if they're versatile, the better it is. That's how you get the utility player in baseball. But at the end of the day, I think you're probably going to have to create some kind of spot for Ian App because he just played well over those five games, and he gave you the power that you want to see in the middle of this Cubs lineup that already has a lot of power. Uh,
1: it's amazing the uh, talent that is on that team. Okay, let's uh, jump around a little bit to what is taking place all over Major League Baseball. Uh, In the National League East, it's Washington, and rightfully so, although they've lost a couple games now. uh, Is Bryce Harper, and with what he's got going on, is he the best player in the East and Mike Trout the best player in the West?
3: yeah no, you, you absolutely hit it and, and I'm going to go ahead and say that right now that those two guys are standing out just because obviously those are two guys that you know because they have the ability to hit home runs could sometimes get into a little bit of a funk and, and uh, go toward that strikeout tendency. Uh, but at the end of the day, first of all, look at Bryce Harper and what he's been able to do. I mean those numbers are incredible and he's a guy yeah the card the, the nationals have only won a couple of their last 10 games, but he's a guy that's going to carry them and be probably going to get that massive contract. Uh, that he's seeking. And the Nationals are easily the best team in the National League East. And uh, to see the Braves that are second in that NLE just kind of tells you as in the rebuilding mode that they are, tells you the way that the East is going. And you know, Trout's a guy that I think we just continue to see develop and the way that he can hit balls. He's easily the cornerstone of that franchise. Uh, so those are two guys that right now, I mean, I have no problem telling you that those are the two best players in baseball position player-wise uh, just because those guys are already having tremendous seasons and we're not even two months into the regular season
4: here.
2: So uh, you you talk about those top-end guys, and they're just so ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I mean, they they are so much fun to watch. And we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Scott, do you have any idea what baseball can do? You know, there was that uh, article that came out about a month ago, top 50 players in sports that are known by fans, and there wasn't a current player that was in that list across all sports. Derek Jeter was the only baseball player that was in there what can baseball do? Do you have any ideas at all? Because it is quite baffling that a guy like Mike Trout, what he's doing, what he consistently does, just is not a national conversation piece.
3: Yeah, well, the problem that I think baseball faces is the length of game discussion. And I know that Commissioner Rob Manfred's doing everything he can to kind of pick up the pace of play, cut game time down. But I think baseball is sort of the odd sport out in a sense of you look at a basketball game, that's going to be a couple of hours. You look at a football game, you're going to have four 15-minute quarters. You know exactly what you're going to get. Hockey, not much different. The problem, and it's not really a problem from a baseball fan perspective, it's a problem from a spectator perspective, is if you're going to see go out to Ridley Field on a Friday night, you have absolutely no idea how long you're going to be there. And I think at the end of the day, that negatively impacts some of these franchise stars. So you look at a Bryce Harper, for example, he's a guy that's obviously beloved in Washington. He's a guy that's carried that franchise. He is not going to be a guy that gets the national recognition from all of the sports different perspective, because he's not going to be a guy that everyone is, unless you're a big baseball fan, is going to see consistently. And I think it's less of an individual franchise, big-name guy problem and more of just a baseball problem. And you know, I'll mention this because I, I think in this discussion of quickening games and you know, increasing the pace of play has been this emerging, I think it was yesterday, this article that came out that essentially said baseball has continued to be sustainable and popular among different kids. And so when you see that, there are kids who are still interested in playing the game. This is not something that they don't want to do. They're not only playing football or only playing basketball or only playing lacrosse. And so it's interesting to see the two that don't overlap because you would imagine that at some point or another, these guys are going to get the the national recognition. And and the last factor that goes into this, guys, is I really think there's a contract thing when 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 it's all said and done. I think people get fed up with the fact that all of these big-name players get X amount of money, and some people don't like the batting average or different things to, to measure that success of whether guys are performing to their contracts, And so that's where we've seen sabermetrics come through. Because those are different indicators of how guys are performing. We're no longer just looking at Bryce Harper's batting average and on base percentage. We're now looking at how often he puts a ball in play, where he puts the ball in play, how many wins is he alone worth during an 162 game season. And I think now there's starting to be a little bit more appreciation for those guys. But I think guys, it's less of just a general, you know, overarching sports problem, and more of just a is baseball going to be. Quicker in the future, yes, but how do you make it so that these big-name guys are getting national recognition? And part of it might, might be just not playing 162 games.
1: Interesting. Very interesting. Okay, um, let's go uh, to the American. And the Twins are on top, Cleveland right behind them. Houston is rolling in the West, but Texas all of a sudden has really caught fire. Although they're still, what, seven and a half out or so? And the Yankees, exactly. yeah, and the Yankees. Uh, you know, that's a that's a cluster with New York, Baltimore, Boston, uh, all together right there. And maybe Toronto will finally get it going and start to climb back in as well. If if you were selecting, is that about the way that you view the American League, or do you have it? I suppose the top teams listed in a different order.
3: Well, it's always different at this point of the season, because, and I think I mentioned this the last time we spoke, when you look at the Yankees, I mean, that is just a team very much like the Brewers. I mean, they're practically, if you go back and look at the trade that they made and the prospects they had in, in the Yankees' case acquired, I mean, it's almost the same situation. The only difference is the Yankees were doing it in the first, for the first time in a long time, whereas the Brewers were a team that was rebuilding seemingly forever. But the Yankees are a team that, when you look at the depth that Baltimore has, the success of Zach Britton, Adam Jones is a guy that's constantly going to add power to the lineup. I really thought that Baltimore and Boston were going to be the two powerhouse teams in the American League East, and that's not to say that the Yankees were not going to be competitive and be the the 10 or 11 games over 500 that they are now. I just thought it was going to take a little bit more time, maybe this year and sometime into the first couple of months and next season, for them to be able to develop. So in the East, it's it's easily the Yankees for me. Another team that surprised me a little bit, just because I thought they'd run away with it a bit more, would be Cleveland in the Central. I mean, you look at a team that, yeah, you have – some minor roster altercations after that World Series appearance, but I really thought that just the way that whole thing shaped out, that they were going to make the additions they did and then be able to come out and, and put the results together, which not to say they haven't. I mean, they're seemingly, what, a game, game and a half behind mm-hmm. in the Central, but I really I really thought that Cleveland was going to be able to take that next step. And, uh, in, in the West, the Astros are just doing what the Astros are doing. I mean, that's another team that I really think the front office performance in Houston goes unnoticed. I mean, they really took, starting with the Jake Marisnik trade uh, with Miami a long time ago, they really took a couple of years to say, hey, we're going to do this the right way. And I mean, they're easily one of the the best and most talented teams, in my opinion, in baseball right now. And and Texas is hot, yes, but I don't think Texas is going to catch uh, Houston. But I did have them in the West.
1: Okay.
2: Hey, uh, mentioning the Twins there at the top of the division, Jose Barrios last night was outstanding 11 strikeouts and seven two-thirds doing it against a good colorado lineup uh he's come up made two starts and been the guy the twins fans were certainly hoping for a lot of upside there are we on the right path now or are you a believer that the barrios we're seeing right now is the real barrios
3: yeah no 100 percent. and i think it's the it's really small things guys that i think sometimes go unnoticed there is it's a, it's going to be more of a consistent command There's the velocity and then just refining the delivery a little bit and i think people roll their eyes or read over it when they're reading stories about you know, how different pitchers are tweaking minor things there's really something to be said for the minor adjustments that can be made during spring training and into the regular season and you know you mentioned he's made two starts they've both gone well last year really wasn't a good sample size in my opinion i mean yeah he made about 15 or 16 starts the era was incredibly inflated. But it's also just a situation of circumstance. You have a different Twins team this year, and a guy like Berrios is probably able to go out to the mound and pitch better the way that he has in these two starts, knowing that, say, the lineup is going to perform and get him some run support, or that if he gives up one, two, three runs, that this lineup is going to be able to do that. And that might not be something that he was able to feel uh, last year. So this is definitely a situation where I think we're seeing – the talent that he had, that the Twins knew that he had, and, and I think that this is going to be pretty sustainable for the Twins. He's obviously going to be a, a key piece for them moving forward here.
1: Okay. If, if that's the case then, I, I, I suppose, can they can they hang around or will they start to disappear when Cleveland and Detroit decide, okay, we're going to put the pedal down?
3: Yeah, well, well, my thing is, and it's the two teams, so it's Minnesota, the American League side of things, and it's Milwaukee on the National League side of things. So the two teams that right now I really want to see whether they are able to, as you said, put together – the sustainable success. And you're also looking at two franchises that the last few seasons haven't had that sustainable success. So it's also going to be a test. And and again, this is another thing that some baseball fans just don't really appreciate in terms of the value of a manager. This is where you really understand what a manager can do and how valuable guys in the clubhouse can be. Because when you look at those two teams, obviously the managers are making decisions. The players are the ones performing, but how are you getting your guys to handle that success? This is not really a spot where either Minnesota or Milwaukee have been before. How are they going to be able to handle that? And I think Milwaukee might be better suited to be able to maintain it just because of the the division they're in. And obviously they have a lot of competition in the Cubs and Cardinals, but I think they have the talent to stick around should they want to and be consistent. The Twins are a little bit more of a question mark because of the pitching staff. You obviously see guys want to see guys go deep in games the rotation again barrios being a key part of that looking good but at the end of the day uh, i'm really interested to see we have the same conversation in about exactly a month from now I'm, I'm very interested to see where these two teams will be because i think they both have the talent uh to be able to, to stay in the spots that they're in right now
2: so we got bat flipping going on jose <laughs> Batista. Batista in the yeah. middle of it once again then the retaliation What can be done to stop this foolishness?
3: Uh, I wish I could tell you. I really do because the the bat flip the first couple of times I truly believe was just kind of a, you know, hey, I hit this monster home run jokes on you the problem when it's the same guy because this is not a baseball problem this is a jose bautista problem Mm -hmm. it's a problem when it's the same guy because no matter what jose bautista says no matter what the toronto blue jays say no matter what major league baseball executives say when jose bautista steps into the batter's box obviously you want to throw strikes you want to pick at the outside corner but say you hang a fastball or breaking ball to jose bautista you know that there is a chance that he is going to flip his bat to show you up. It is an h- exclusive Jose Bautista problem that he has created for himself. And this is simply another example of all you need to do, and this is my opinion on the issue, all you need to do is put your bat down and take your base. There's no reason to show any guy up. If you hit a monster home run, you know, Julio Tehran wasn't happy. No one's going to be happy after they allow a home run. Why are you going to show a guy up? All you need to do is toss your bat to the side and take your bases. I'm really, i shocked, honestly, that we're still talking about this because I really thought the first few situations would have had this uh, taken care of. But at the end of the day, there has to be a consequence. I mean, you can't, if you're sitting in the commissioner's office, you can't suspend a guy because... He simply tosses his bat in a way that could be interpreted as condescending because mm-hmm. then you're going to have the people you're going to have the people that are sitting there, you know, abiding by the quote hidden rules of baseball. Those people will go crazy if something like that happens. So you can't do that. That's not a solution. Unwritten rules of baseball. People are not going to be thrilled with that. So at the end of the day, I think this is this is just a Jose Bautista thing, and this is again, guys, where leadership comes into the picture. Just, you just need to have a meeting with the guy. Hey, you hit a home run. We really appreciate it. You're making a ton of money. Please stop. There's no reason to do it because what it does is it, it creates a trickle-down effect to where now Tehran's mad and the rest of his teammates might be susceptible to to being hit or getting pitched tightly inside because of it. And I, I think at this point to, to even be having this conversation, it's it's bad for the sport, but it's really just bad for the Blues Jays and bad for, for one of the best players in the game in Jose Bautista too.
1: Hey, it's always good, man, when we're talking baseball with you. Thank you so much, as always. You have a great weekend.
3: Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thanks for
0: having me on, okay. and have a great one.
1: Thanks, Scott. See you. Scott Gelman, uh, Major League Daily Dish on the Draft House 50 Hotline. We'll be right back.
0: 1700 KBGG is the big talker in Des Moines. With Jimmy B and TC, noon to 3, sports talk that rocks. 1700 KBGG.
5: Thousands. You're excited about your new business. Now the challenge is to get everyone else excited about it too. Signature Sign and Graphics can help. No need for five different companies to provide you with window decals, bumper stickers, signs, and logo wall art. Signature sign and graphics does all that and more. See what signature sign and graphics can do for your business. They're online at signsdsm.com and in real life at a new location right off Highway 141 in Grind. That's just five minutes from the Urbandale Super Target. Call 402-SIGN-402-SIGN.
6: Signature sign and graphics. Your old gas yard tools may have met their match. Right now, the Home Depot has a 40-volt RYOBI cordless trimmer or jet fan blower. Your choice, just $149. You get the power of gas without the hassle and all the power you need to do the job quieter, quicker, and easier. 40 volts, two great options. Get Memorial Day savings on a 40-volt RYOBI trimmer or jet fan blower. Just $149. Only at the Home Depot. More saving. savings.
0: See you soon. to $480 for TV, 100 dollars for internet. Equipment, non-return, other and conditions. Call for details. Offerings ends one twenty one seventeen. Jim Brunson, Trent Condon, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Live from the Wolf Construction Studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Here's Jim and Trent.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back in. We roll till three once again today on a dreary Friday in the capital city. Okay, tonight uh, we do get a NBA finals game, a conference finals game in Boston. Cavaliers matched up against the Celtics. Uh, Cleveland just dominated, but you had three players who dominated. Tristan Thompson didn't miss a shot. LeBron, of course, and Kevin Love, who went for 30-plus and, like, 14 boards. So those three guys dominated. But you got shabby performances from Kyle Korver, from Channing Frye. Even from Kyrie Irving, it wasn't a great performance. So my question to you, young man. Yeah. With that, you don't expect to get that point production again from Tristan Thompson. Sure. Love is, is is a double double machine, we know that, and we know what LeBron's going to do. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't you think that if they don't get better contributions, meaning Cleveland from Kyrie Irving, Kyle Corver, and Channing Fry off the bench or J.R. Smith, that Boston, at least in game two, will have a better chance to get a victory?
2: It's gotta be better because game one Woo.
1: was ugly. It was a statement.
2: And you know they don't maybe shoot it as well, you know, for the Cavs, right? I I'm ho- I'm hopeful more than I am optimistic. How about that? Okay, that we will get at least a good game coming up here. If I had to put money down on it, yes. The point line is drifting higher and higher.
1: Yeah, I could see that. So
2: because of that, there is value on the Celtics. I'd probably go with the value side, but no, I just I'm struggling. Yeah, I'm. I'm disappointed that this playoffs has been as bad as it's been. Mm-hmm. And yes, we're all waiting for the finals, but man, at least give us something. Something, we get yeah, there. yeah. We're not getting that. No, we're not getting that at all. So, yeah, we will see about that. I the mean, Boston I've, fans will be on them, but yeah. they were going to be on them, and they just yeah. got shot out of the building right
1: away. I, I expect a better effort from Boston. Uh, look, I sort of bought into their coming off that seven game uh, win over Washington to close them out. And I get maybe where they might have had tired legs, but man, Cleveland just just put it on them from the opening tap, mm-hmm. led wire to wire. Right. I mean, that just doesn't happen in an NBA game where you lead wire to wire, particularly in a playoff game. Right. So I if if that line continues to shoot up, that means everybody most likely is putting their cash on lebron is that correct is that the way that you would read it that's what it's looking at and as i look at it right now 74
2: percent of the bets have been made on the cavaliers wow that thing starts drifting up a little bit higher let's see where the spread is out in vegas okay
1: i'm just real curious about that
2: let's take a peek here it's at five and a half basically every shop out there okay that gets to six, certainly six and a half. I'll be firing S- six, on six,
1: six and a half, five and a half. I think I'm still playing the Cavs. All right, because I mean, you could have a close game and have Cleveland win by seven or eight. Yeah, it's still a close game. Anything under ten's a close game. So, I, man, oh man, it's just tough to. You know, look look at any other any other way to view that this evening. It really is. Speaking
2: of that, yeah. So uh, to win each series, both Cleveland and Golden State, they're right. overwhelming favorites. They are. Uh, Golden State is minus five thousand. You have to lay five thousand dollars to win a hundred bucks back.
1: Woo!
2: And it's minus three thousand for Cleveland. So I uh, brought out the old parlay calculator. Okay. And I put it in, uh-huh. if you parlayed both those things together, what could you make for your return on the investment, right? And parlays, you know, the numbers yeah. obviously go yeah. up a lot quicker. That's how, how you can make a, a big bet with a little bit of money. Not in this case, though, since they're both such big favorites. Let's say you put $100 up. Okay. $100 up, that's your parlay. The Cavs to win the East, the Warriors to win the West. Okay. Your $100 would net you... Five dollars and forty cents. <laughs>
1: oh, That's unbelievable. Five dollars unbelievable. Forty
2: cents on your hundred dollar bet. <sighs> so you'd walk out after cashing your ticket with $105.40 after putting up your hundred dollars.
1: You could if you could cut a a three a three team parlay tonight, not a team, but a three wage parlay tonight. Okay. Would you go with Cavs win, cover the five and a half? Uh-huh. LeBron scores over thirty. Kevin Love scores over twenty five.
2: Oh no, I wouldn't do that. That's, you that's would... too many factors there.
1: You wouldn't... I don't like
2: parlays in general.
1: You though. don't? No, no. Oh, I, I, I get a little
2: nervous. I like to have a little bit more control of what okay.
1: I'm doing. All that's right. just me, though. Okay. Fair enough. Uh then tomorrow it is San Antonio and Golden State. Word right now that we have is Kawhi Leonard questionable. That's we, it. We got Wolfgang coming up on the other side. A little
2: break for you, and then yeah. we'll bring in Brian Blessing. I like it. Let's go. Back with more here in a moment.
0: News. Talk. Sports. Yeah, we got all that online at 1700kbgg.com. Trust. Quality.
2: Value.
0: Attention landowners. Want to know what your farm is worth? At Iowa Land Company, our team of blue-collar land experts combine years of real estate experience with the latest marketing innovations to give you a modern real estate service unmatched in the Hawkeye State. We're a farmland real estate company, and helping connect buyers and sellers of Iowa land is our specialty. Give us a call at 641-443-2584, or visit us online at iowalandcompany.com for a free farmland evaluation hiring is the most challenging part of my job it's really hard the searching the sorting through resumes most people don't have the right experience
6: we started using ZipRecruiter about three months ago right from the start you could tell it was going to make hiring a lot easier one click and my job was posted to a hundred plus job boards all the top sites
5: all of the candidates came to my
0: dashboard and it's easy to compare them thumbs up if i like them thumbs down if i didn't no emails
5: and attachments printing up docs phone calls none of that
6: and I couldn't believe the number of great applicants we got. I had the person we needed within one week. I don't know how we hired before ZipRecruiter.
2: Whether you're looking to fill one position or 20, find the best candidates with ZipRecruiter, where your job is just one click away from 100-plus job sites. ZipRecruiter, the fastest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter free.
6: Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash talent. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash talent. ZipRecruiter.com slash talent. There are paint projects. And then, there are paint projects. Start yours at the Home Depot with Memorial Day paint savings of $10 off one-gallon cans and $40 off five-gallon buckets. That's not just more for the money. That's more for the living room and dining room. Or maybe an extra bedroom. Or two. Unbelievable quality. Unbeatable prices. With Memorial Day paint savings of $10 to $40 off. Only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Val through May 29th. Get to JCPenney and celebrate savings at our Memorial Day sale. Save up to 35% with major appliance hot deals on your favorite brands like GE, Samsung, and LG. Plus, 30-month special financing on purchases of $7.99 or more with your JCPenney credit card. Plus, free delivery and basic installation on all appliance purchases over $2.99. Save on major appliances now at JCPenney. That's getting your pennies worth. GEG Profile GE Cafe and higher limited to 10% off savings. Available in select stores. Some exclusions apply. Financing terms valid 517 to 67. Subject to credit approval. Must request a time of purchase. Minimum monthly payments required. See store or jcp.com slash appliances for details.
0: 1700 KBGG is the big talker in Des Moines with Dave Ramsey talking about your money and your life.
5: You can do
0: this. You know, that really is a message. Whether you've got $270,000 in student loan debt or $27,000, whether you've got a
4: $50,000 income or a $500,000 income.
0: Dave Ramsey, weekdays 9 till noon, sponsored by Mediacom Careers. Count it down. 3, 2, 1.
1: Hey everybody, it's me, it's Jimmy B, and I'm here to tell you about Aspen in the West Glen Town Center in West Des Moines. You want a great workout? Aspen has got everything that you need. It's a newly remodeled facility. All the machines, all of the weights, training sessions, everything that you need to get your health improved. Welcome
2: back, Jimmy B and TC here on the Big Talker 1700. Time once again to bring in Wolfgang, going to talk a myriad of different things with him, going to start with the little hoops and uh, a busy time Wolfgang you're getting ready for a graduation party I got a couple of those coming up this weekend it is that time of year once again got all those graduation parties for all those snot nose kids
4: yeah the graduation parties and then uh you know over here you know living with Tiff and then uh my dad loses a huge bleeping tree oh. and the huge bleeping tree lands on another huge bleeping tree oh no so we're chainsaw and believe. My dad is like a monkey up like 100 <laughs> feet in this tree, and he's 73 years old.
5: Oh,
4: the, the guy is just, I mean, he's MacGyver. He's a pimp. I love my dad. It's just amazing. So we're, oh, my God, you should have seen the mountain of stuff that they had to bring. And do you know this? I mean, people might be interested in this because I don't think people know this. the I don't believe in the city of West Des Moines they will come get your, I think they were, you know, scoping the neighborhood for if you don't have a um, stump basically from your sidewalk to the street, they are not going to come pick it up. Mm. Did people know this? I mean, did you know this?
2: Well, I, I had some branches go down. I didn't have uh, anything too large. Our neighbors across the street had a big branch that came down, but uh, I guess we were lucky. I have a huge tree in my front yard. And that thing just drops sticks all summer. Even and I,
4: now if you nice. go and chainsaw that sucker, I, they're not going to pick it up. If there is not a, if there is not a stump in in between your sidewalk and the street, they're not going to pick it up. You're going to have to do that yourself. And let's what you know what, Let's start a business. Okay. Let's do this. There is some money to be made on this sucker. Yes. Because if that's the case, how many people lost trees that were in their front yard? That doesn't count. They're not going to come pick that up. Right or in their backyard, they're not going to come that pick. Let's go rent a freaking trailer and make some cash.
2: <laughs> Just driving around looking to help people out. Yeah, let's
4: do it. I mean, Wolfie well, and TC. We won't... <laughs> we, yeah, we got something there. We got something there. I think
2: Wolfie and TC Tree Services. <laughs> I, I would not be very helpful. Uh, me with the chainsaw is a scary proposition. We've talked before about my limitations in the, those kind of realms. Uh, that would hey, not be good. Hey.
4: Hey, and I understand that, and I appreciate your honesty there. Yeah. You just got to do it once. Somebody's got to show you how to do it, and then you're good. You know, you go on the front, and then I'll you go the on the back.
2: I'll be, I'll be the supervisor.
4: Oh, <laughs> thanks a lot, which means you'll do nothing.
2: <laughs> I'll pick you'll him up after you, you cut him, you.
4: him down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you, my dad was a monkey. like uh, a like 100 <laughs> feet up in this tree, and I'm like, you're 73, but he's the 73 that acts like a 47-year-old.
2: Well, speaking of cut down, Wolfgang, uh, Cordell Pempsil was cut down with an injury. Had surgery on Tuesday Uh. to uh, repair hernia issues with him. He's going to be out eight weeks. We'll not get to see him during the primetime league. uh, They expect him to be able to be back in time for their trip over to Europe. We know they're going to Germany uh, for that one. But eight weeks away, really when I walked away, the first thing I saw, so I get the release from the University of Iowa. It comes and uh, is emailed to me. And when I see it from uh, Big Matt Weitzel, I see Cordell Pemple's name in the, in the headline. I said, uh-oh, is this another knee injury? And, and, and that was my yeah. initial thought, is if it was something with his legs again after what he went through in high school, that mm-hmm. would be bad. I, this isn't a great thing. I mean, this is a kid that still needs to continue to develop, but the good news is it's nothing pertaining to those knees.
4: That is good news because, yeah, what, two, three times? Yeah, we what, they broke his femur? Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Yeah. And I've heard that that is the worst pain in the history of the world. I heard a comedian say that. I don't know if that's true or not. You know, and then I think pregnancy is second and blah, blah, blah. Um, but, yeah, that's not good. I love that guy, and I know you love that guy before everybody else did because you saw him a number of times. That guy has attitude that I love. He does not he is not scared of anyone, and either is Cook. And Cook will give you that look. If you think you're coming out, at Cook, yeah, he'll give you that look saying, No. And we all know from watching NBA, college basketball, there are guys that will go. Charles Barkley has talked about this. There are guys that will go and there are guys that are just fake. And let me tell you, Cook and Pemzel, they not fake. No, they're not. No. They will they will I honestly believe if I'm in an alley and I would like those two guys in my foxhole. I mean, I'm serious. I think they are that badass. And even if they're not, they have the confidence and it shows. And I love that. I love that they're that we are Iowa is getting guys with confidence and that because you need that Mm -hmm. from your leaders when the other guys the supporting cast sees your studs, and they're not scared, and they're ready to go up against anybody, um, including. Do you see the Purdue guys coming back? Haas,
2: yes, yes,
4: he's coming back. The Michigan State guys coming back. You need guys that say, "No, I'm better than you." Okay, and I'm going to show. I'm going to show it, and I'm going to prove it, and that's what you need out of Iowa guys, and I love it. And he, he seems to be recruiting to that a little bit more because in the past we've had guys. I don't know if you agree or disagree that necessarily didn't always believe in themselves. Do you agree with that?
2: Yeah, no, I, I, I think there there's a piece of that out there, and I, I like what you said there. Uh, that that tough guy attitude, the not back down. You know, I, I go back to his first career start came against Notre Dame in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and he didn't back down. You know, he was out there, he was mixing it up, and. Everybody on your team can't be stars. You have to have guys that have a certain role. And for okay. Pencil, it is that that tough guy attitude that he brings. And, and that is a big piece of that. And he can be you know, your enforcer, if you will. He'll mix it up and do those kind of things. He's an important cog. And just looking the whole overview of this team, there there isn't a star. We know about the depth of what Iowa basketball okay. is going to have next year. A lot of different pieces, a lot of different things that they can go with. And because of that, you need all these guys to understand what their role is going to be, and with that, be able to be ready to go next season. And if it's a guy that needs to give you eight minutes off the bench, you need that. You know, if it's no, a guy that your we, role, no, yes, your role, right? right, right, absolutely, yeah. And that goes from everyone from your Tyler Cook, who you hope takes another step forward. Jordan Bohannon running the team on down. Nicholas Bear, you know, we've we've talked a myriad of times about him, and maybe it's a is he better coming off the bench? Should he be a starter? Uh, who's, what they, that, who's that, Who's uh, that? Nicholas Baer. Oh,
4: just, whether he's better off the bench. Right, or, right. Yeah, that's a good. I, I'm not sure. Do you have an opinion on that?
2: Uh, I like him off the bench. I always have. I've always liked okay. him off the bench. Uh, can add not just that that energy off the bench, but also give some scoring punch to the second unit when they're out there. I like having that out there. Well, let's go right there. Let's, uh, let's take a look and figure out a little bit about where the starting lineup is going to be next year. Pemsel's back. Let's say Pemsel is healthy. We'll go right there. Tyler Cook and Jordan Bohannon are the locks. Those two guys are starting. Mm-hmm. We know that. After yep. that, who are your three other starters for next
4: year? Oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. He's a three-point shooter. Uh, again, the game has changed, so who can shoot?
2: Uh, you better no hope. No
4: more jock. Yep. So we're talking, we've, we've talked about, we love Jock, right? We love his offensive ability. And you hear these, it's so interesting to hear Jock's interviews with the NBA guys, and they're talking about, we love your offensive game, man. You can shoot it. Mm-hmm. We know you can shoot it. We You can shoot it at an elite level. And I'm, I'm not saying that as a Hawkeye fan. I'm saying he can shoot it crazy good. In your face, it's insane. Can he do that in the NBA? I don't know. Um, I think he can. I think he he can get it off quickly. Um, stroke, like we've talked about, is just you and I are basketball freaks, and we, just, we could just watch him in pregame, Peter Jock, and just say, oh, this is just fun. It's fun for me to watch him shoot the damn ball. It's just <laughs> fun. So you need some shooters on the court. Where would you go?
2: Isaiah Moss needs to be that guy. He was yeah. – there were times where he filled it up very well, and overall for the year he shot thirty five point eight percent, pretty good. I mean, even Not if he bad. if he ticks that up a couple percentage points, is in the high thirties, you, you can be happy with that. Uh, Brady Ellingson we know can shoot it. There's other deficiencies in his game though, the liabilities that that come out there. Mm-hmm. I guess I would go like this: I'd go Bohannon, Cook, the two locks, Moss, Bohannon,
4: Cook, two locks, okay,
2: Moss, Pemsel. And then, oh, I mean, that's where you get into. Do you start Nicholas Bear at the three? I just listened. no.
4: You, you don't want to start him. Remember, you don't. You right. don't want to start him. Is can the kid from DC? I mean, I keep hearing about his defense, mm-hmm. and then he also can stretch the court. Again, we've talked about it. it's a different basketball game now than we grew up with. So we, you got to start thinking about like that. You can't think about other teams in the '80s or '90s. We have to think about. Like a guy from the DC who can hit a three and you better come out and guard him or he might make it. Um, Nunge. Is it Nunge or not I can't, I can't remember. What's it? How do you pronounce it?
2: I say Nunge.
4: No, I'm going with Nunge and you know what? That's I don't what care I always say. That's,
2: that's how I, I've always said it.
4: All right. I, I agree. I'm, I'm going with Nunge and you know what? If Gary Dolphin says something different, I don't care. We're calling him Nunge. And uh people love him. If, if he's a Utah clone, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? We got something. We got a guy out of freaking Indiana that they, I am guessing, are sad that they didn't get. And I think we got the number 28, 29 recruiting class. That's pretty good for Iowa. And I trust Fran on that recruiting front. Okay? There's certain things I don't like about, about Fran. There are certain things I do. I trust his his eye on talent. Yes. He has an eye for talent and he sees it before everybody else does. And what we're going to see in the future is when Fran, when Fran offers somebody, just like when Kirk, it's just the same thing with Kirk because when you're at a school like Iowa or Iowa State, you have to see what the potential is before everybody else.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: You do. Yep. You do. And so he sees that. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of playing time. It gives me a migraine. I've told you, I have no idea how to distribute these minutes. I don't know how to do it. I'm, I'm a eight player guy, maybe nine, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm not, a, you know, Houston went seven players in the playoffs. That's a joke. Give me a break, coach. I mean, put a guy in for five minutes, give him a break. Give, you know, Harden a break or whatever. But um I think Fran goes a little bit too far in playing too many people. Um if he does that, the players have to play their bleeps off, okay? Right. They have to play their bleeps off and play till they're exhausted. Raise your hand, I'm out. Bring somebody in. Mm-hmm. You have to play a hundred percent, okay? And nobody ever plays 100% like i told you but there is there, there is an extra 10% when when you hate somebody when you hate a team and we can get into the Iowa football and what Brian Ferentz said blah 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 but i think i was going to be good but with the Purdue guy coming back the Michigan Michigan State guy coming back man i was predicting an Iowa championship next year i'm going to have to go back Rob Howe uh, got back to me and he was like, I think you might be going a little bit too far or something like that. I think he said that on a podcast or something like that, and I think he might be right. But I think we're going to be good next year. I think Iowa's going to be good next year, and we shall see. But it's going to be interesting how he distributes the minutes. Um, and, again, I'm a guy great. You played great in practice. Who's the dudes that do it in the game? Who are the guys that raise their level in a game? There are practice players, there are game players. And if you don't realize that, you got problems. And that's one of my few problems with Kirk Ferret. I, I think he puts too much into practice as ridiculous as that sounds. I mean you gotta come and you gotta play and blah blah blah. But I want the guys on the court, on the field that are gamers. Trent
2: gamers that's what wolfgang wants we'll take a time out here come back on the other side we'll start to get into a little bit of football we'll see what else is rattling around in the mind of wolfgang jimmy B. don't Bain- have a mind
4: i don't have oh. a mind train no mind, no mind.
2: <laughs> back with more wolfgang here on the other side jimmy b and tc on the big talker 1700 from the wolf construction roofing studios